0: Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to regulatory pressures to marketing strategies. After years of declining sales, dairy milk is on the rise again, thanks in part to the coronavirus driving a resurgence of baking, cooking, and eating at home. But to keep the momentum going during and after the pandemic, industry stakeholders are reviving the iconic and wildly successful Got Milk campaign. The original campaign, which was the brainchild of San Francisco-based advertising firm Goody Silverstein and Partners for the California Milk Processing Board, dominated the public conscious in America in the 1990s. Thanks to a whopping 70 television commercials and 350 print ads featuring milk mustaches during the campaign's 20-year tenure, an estimated 80% of all U.S. consumers were confronted with the question, got milk, on a daily basis. And now the Milk Processor Education Program, or MilkPep PEP, is bringing the iconic campaign to new generation of milk drinkers with the help of influencers, including swimmer and U.S. Olympic gold medalist Katie Ladacki, as well as everyday milk users who love the beverage. To find out more about how the ongoing campaign has inspired and influenced both milk consumption and the new campaign, MilkPep CEO yin Woon Rani joins Food Navigator USA for this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. She shares what's driving milk consumption, how the group is bringing new meaning and relevance to the revamped Got Milk campaign, and how the campaign is tapping user-generated content to develop new creatives while social distancing continues to cramp more traditional methods. So three years after the first Got Milk campaign debuted, Americans drank on average 24 gallons of milk per year, according to the USDA. But by 2018, four years after the campaign ended, consumption had dropped to a mere 17 gallons for a variety of reasons, including the proliferation of plant-based options, among others. But with the arrival of the coronavirus, milk's fortunes have about faced with Americans not only stockpiling it during the initial pantry loading phase of the pandemic in early March, but they've continued to buy it at much higher rates than before the outbreak. According to the market research firm IRI, total dairy sales in 2020 are up 16.3% from 2019, With much of this coming during the initial panic after the pandemic was declared when sales increased 55.1% from March 9 through March 22 compared to the same time last year. But since that initial spike, sales have dropped, but they've still remained at 24.6% higher than this time last year. Ronnie explains that this initial surge was fueled in part by consumers wanting trusted staples and being at home more. But she adds that the continued demand also has to do with milk's versatility, nutritional profile, and affordability.
1: 2020 has been an incredibly disruptive year for um, so many lives, so many industries, and dairy and milk is no exception. Um, During the early days of the pandemic, obviously, um, it was difficult sometimes to keep supply. On the one hand, at retail, while at the same time, food service and schools were being badly impacted. But I think we're proud to say that the supply chain responded, I think, relatively quickly and then was able to get milk into retail and so that the shortages were short-lived and being able to adjust to, you know, the food service and schools things, obviously that's still a work in progress. Um, but the most important thing I think that, you know, that drove the campaign in some ways was this huge sort of resurgence at retail because it had been um, declining for a while before that, for several years, to be honest. And now, year to date, milk sales at retail are up 4%, which is a tremendous increase because it's such a big category. Um, and so it was it went from being... Um, not as healthy as we wanted, to now really finding its own. And I think people rediscovered just how essential it was during the pandemic. And the whole industry is continuing to work hard to supply that demand. I do think the number of people at home has certainly helped because 80% of milk consumption naturally is always at home. And so there's just been more at-home occasions, particularly at-home breakfast occasions, is a big contributor. Um, It was also interesting when we did some survey work to know that um, 72% of moms said that milk was the number one must-have item during the stay-at-home time, and it was a 20-point um, uh, gap to the next closest thing, like bread and eggs and vegetables, and so I think there's just something about the essentialness of the product. When, pe- when things were uncertain, people wanted stable things at home, including milk. So we think the benefit areas that are driving the at-home usage are um, comfort, taste, nutrition, as you mentioned, and then not to forget versatility. What you have at home for breakfast, people then make smoothies, they bake with it, they cook with it. Um, and I think all those kind of different reasons, you know, have helped it find its way, I think, uh, in the current conditions. I mean, I think one of the wonderful things about milk is that I, I don't think there's much else in the world that packs as much nutrition into an ounce or into the amount of money you have to spend to get an ounce. I mean, it comes with um, you know nine essential nutrients including protein um, it, it's a top food source for things like calcium potassium and vitamin d which many uh, americans don't get off, get enough of in their diet naturally so it just is you know it has this reputation as being a nutritional powerhouse for a reason and additionally it is pretty affordable all things considered um, and you know Prices are a complicated issue because there's a lot of regional variation, but across the many years, I think, you know, per ounce, you're just getting a lot of what you need in a single glass or a single serving. So I think as people are trying to make the most of their food budgets, especially if they have children at home, milk continues to be a really safe, reliable, affordable choice, um, no matter what else is going on, kind of, in your food budget.
0: At the same time that milk's popularity was surging on shelf, it was also surging online to become, as Ronnie notes, a social media superstar.
1: And we were all really delighted to see how much Americans were reaching out for milk when things got tough this year. Um, And a lot of it is consumed at home. I think what was maybe more surprising is that milk has also become a bit of a social media superstar. And we're seeing a 40% increase in positive social mentions, and a 30% increase in overall social mentions. And so we just saw this outpouring of people turning to social media with videos, with images, sharing the many fun and fundamental ways in which they were enjoying the product. Um, And so we just thought this was a wonderful opportunity to turn the camera back on America and showcase their love for it.
0: And this is exactly what the revived Got Milk campaign aims to do showcase Americans' love of milk, how they're using it, and how it is a source of much-needed optimism during a time that is frustrating and bleak for many people.
1: We wanted to attach the really iconic line of got milk to it all, because the answer to got milk right now, the answer is yes. You know, people aren't deprived of it, actually. They're using it, they're enjoying it, they're celebrating with it, they're playing with it. And it just felt like a good time to bring like an optimistic, positive, happy message back to a country that's had a very difficult year. If you go to our TikTok channel today, I think we're probably at like 800 or 900 million views and, you know, hundreds of thousands of user submitted um, content. Uh, But as I said, you know, even before that, people were, you know, definitely cooking with it and drinking it and making fun drinks. But in the Got Milk Challenge specifically, we've seen some incredible acts of physical progress. I mean, people are doing backflips. People are jumping off of trampolines. People are, you know, using the cross sticks to knock milk off of the top of cups. I mean, there's just such amazing creativity uh, around it. Um, But then there's also, you know, just good old-fashioned drinking it and baking with it and enjoying it as a a beverage. It's just amazing to see the sheer range of sheer variety of things. There's somebody who did a Rubik's Cube with it on his head. Um, somebody covered her face with Cheerios uh, while drinking it. So it's just such great natural self-expression, I think, throughout the campaign for regular people.
0: Tapping into user-generated content also helped MilkPep create new marketing materials, despite the restraints of social distancing during the campaign. Although Ronnie noted this was not the primary impetus for focusing on the everyday person's experience with milk in the campaign.
1: I think what was nice about this idea, it wasn't like we we backed into user-generated content because that was the only way in which we could produce commercials. It came out very organically from the strategy, and the strategy was all about fueling yes and finding optimism and using milk as a catalyst to celebrate things. And so when we started to approach that idea, um, the agencies came with a, you know, a nice range of, of ways of doing that, um, and the user-generated was just really organic, which is what I like because it never felt like oh, we're forced into this because we can't go out and shoot commercials in Los Angeles. It was really such an organic part of the storytelling because in terms of uh, optimism, people were already using milk in an optimistic way. Um, And so it just worked out sort of beautifully, I think, um, that we invited people and we we think of this campaign as social by design. We invite them to show us what you got in a whole range of ways. They were already doing it, so we have so much footage that we were able to find a license to make commercials, and then we wanted to invite people to do even more of it. Um, and so though the social distancing thing was a reality, um, I think the showing regular people was just a really organic part of the idea.
0: Crowdsourcing the content from fans also helped Milk Pep showcase the diverse appeal of milk.
1: We're proud of how um, inclusive the campaign is, and we really think of milk as a drink for everybody because it's in 94% of households. And so we've really tried to reflect the diversity of um, our user base and the work we're putting out in the world.
0: While the campaign is centered on the average American's experiences with milk, it does also feature a range of social media influencers, including U.S. Olympian Katie Ledecky, who set the tone for the campaign's challenge with an awe-inspiring TikTok video.
1: And then beyond the regular people, we've also been able to showcase a huge range of social media influences, starting with the great Olympian, Katie Ledecky, who is very much helping us have a moment. With her amazing feat of swimming a lap with chocolate milk on her head which is now traveling the world everyone is so impressed that she's been able to do that but we have 20 other uh influences at the same time some some of them are athletes some of them are activists some of them are entertainers and so we just want to show have, invite everybody to show us what they've got and so it's just a reinvention of what got milk is about for for today's generation
0: Even though the campaign is heavily focused on social media, it does also include more traditional advertising aspects.
1: It's a very cross-channel program, not just social. We we will have advertising running on digital platforms like YouTube and Hulu and the Bleacher Report starting this week, as well as Facebook and Instagram. We uh, also are going to start running on television next week on about 20-plus networks. Um, including, um, you know, ABC, Disney, Food Network, HGTV, And then we have a great partnership with our friends at Hershey, which is showing up in-store and on other uh, digital shopper platforms. So it's a very, I would say, full funnel program, not just social, even though it has been a big part of the launch. Uh, we hope to reach consumers in lots of different places um, from traditional to uh, slightly less traditional,
0: to do this, the campaign will continue to expand and evolve in the coming months by bringing on additional influencers, celebrities, and activations through back-to-school and into the fall and Halloween. With that, we've come to the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope you'll join me again for another installment soon, and to ensure that you remember, I encourage you to subscribe to us on iTunes. Until next time, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive, profitable and safe week.